Eis. Good evening, everybody. It is, it's been a while, I'm not going to lie. Um, welcome to another episode of Bathtub Monologues with your host, Christine. Um, this year, oh my gosh, I can't even put into words... I, I can't even... I can't think about it right now, but... This has been the hardest, best year of my adult life so far, I think. In so many ways, which is outrageous. I know this sounds so vague to you listeners, but like I started my year almost like I could have died <laughs> from medical issues and and I went through I'll be honest, I went through most most of the year I was in a in a pretty dark place, you know, dealing with some internal depression and some grief. Um and to feel how I feel now is just a point that I couldn't envision when I was in those dark moments. Um, because you feel like nothing will get better. It will be this way forever. And it's a cycle. You feel like you're stuck in a cycle and nothing will change. And I don't know if you're like me, but I constantly, constantly, constantly... <laughs> Um, evaluate myself and evaluate my actions and what I'm doing in this life and if it's aligning with my purpose which the thing for me is I have so many purposes I have I have three businesses that I run and I work full-time that's insane Um, but it's the life I've chosen to live it's the life I've built up for myself and it works for me I literally I was at an event this week, and <laughs> I don't know, I still, it's so funny, Damon and I have been discussing this, for those who don't know, Damon is my life partner, um, she, <laughs> I was talking about how I didn't feel like I had been present enough in the art community at, at events, and she stopped me, and she goes, girl, you're good, like, you're a good girl, you're good, and I, for the life of me, I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Um, and I think just reflecting on my perfectionism, on my my drive and my will to want better for myself, I just... I don't see myself slowing down at all. Um, if anything, I see life getting to be a lot more chaotic. In the best way, in the most happiest way and to do that in a secure place in a place where I feel creative and inspired has been the biggest challenge um working my nine to five for the several years I did I just when you're working for someone else and you don't feel like your voice is being heard and you don't feel like you are valued in that place, they will literally chip away at you inch by inch, 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 inch every day. And it's not any one person because you're stuck in this struggle with your coworkers. You're stuck in this, this shitty 
<laughs> money-making scheme. It's funny, we, we talk about MLMs all the time and how they're schemes, but really a 9-to-5 is the biggest scheme there is when your boss is putting at least 30% on your work to gain profit, and they're paying you probably 10% of what you deserve. And meanwhile, the whole time, you're dedicating 40 hours every week to this place that you have to be at. You have to be at that place the whole time. Like, if you have to leave, heaven forbid your kid gets sick, like, then oh no, oh no, you've you've let the whole team down. Like, you, you gotta come and make up hours, you know, maybe you need some overtime now. Um, and it's it's kind of like, you know that movie, what is it called, In Time? with Justin Timberlake, um, I don't want to shout out him, but the movie is so, it's so good, the concept is that people have so many minutes in their life, and of course it's a classist dystopian future where, um, there's a class that's poor and only has so many minutes and they have to work every day for more minutes, and then there's a class that's got unlimited minutes, So they could pretty much be immortal and they just, they live in completely different areas. But the most prolific scene of the whole entire thing is this, the main character is, Justin is walking, he's going to ride home from work with his mom on the bus and he's going to meet her at the bus stop. And the thing is, is you can transfer time from you to another person, but you have to be by them and you have to have enough time to get there. And her time was so low because they're so poor and they're so impoverished that on her way to the bus, he sees her running, trying to get to him as fast as she can. And the time is running out and he starts sprinting to her and tries to get to her in time and he doesn't. And she dies in his arms while he still has extra time ticking. It's the concept. I I have a very different outlook on life because I've spent so much time working from such a young age. I didn't have a support system growing up. I didn't have people to look after me. I didn't have supervision. I didn't have food on the table. I didn't have, you know, whatever my siblings provided for me is pretty much what I had um, while they could. Um, there was actually a point in my time, point in time where my siblings and I weren't allowed to contact each other. And that's, that's, that's shaped so much of me as the person I am. Um, well, I also have to give credit to Capcorn. I'm Capcorn. So, um, my drive and my loyalty and my will to just make sure that the money is stably there is like the biggest obstacle for me. I want to make sure that if anybody I'm responsible for, my the love of my life, like my house, my my pets, my whatever, it's just I have to make sure that that's secure. Any responsibilities I take on, I have to make sure that I have enough to to give them what they deserve. Um, and it's because a lot of that was lacking in my life, and so so many people relate to this because we are such a classist society, and it's so. It's so hard for families, for multiple member families who um, rely on transportation. Um, Heaven forbid anybody gets sick or has a a diagnosis um, or an ailment or breaks something. (laughs) 
Um, because one little thing in being human will set off the whole entire society, if you think about it. If you work constantly 40 hours a week, and yes, you have insurance, but you break your foot, and you are just making, barely making your bills while working those 40 hours a week. However, you have no more time after work to get another job because you have a family you have to take care of. So say you break your foot. What do you do? You are the main income breadwinner and you break your foot. Now your family is not only screwed, but but you're injured. You have to continually go to these doctor's appointments. So what are you going to do? You know, that's what I'm saying and I don't I can't say who my listeners are, but a lot of a lot of white Caucasian people do not um they have a privilege to when when we start talking about minorities and people of color and, and refugees and immigrants, there's an, such a small window for resources for them in the community, especially if they are not bilingual, especially if they have no other connections or ties to the place that they're moving to. And I think it's just, it's heartbreaking to to see such amazing groups and large groups of people just be cast aside i feel like our society is doing that they're casting them aside because everybody feels like i already have too many problems i'm already dealing with my problem i'm trying to keep my head afloat i'm trying to do this and this and this but if we all just take a minute you know we take two hours out of our week and we stop watching netflix and we get together and we organize and we come in this space we could help so many people so many different classes of people we could help uh, you know, all the ages, from youth to elderly. Like, you can't tell me that there's not a disparity in our elderly community with their mental health as well, or with um, youth and anxiety. There is so many factors in how our community runs and what is available to us and how that makes us feel and how we can prosper to be our best selves. If you are constantly running around trying to take care of your kids and you're sick a lot, say you have a disease or um, you're immune compromised or something, life, your inspiration and your creativity and your love and your joy for life it isn't getting the attention it needs. And yeah, we can we can push self-care and we can tell people to be better and tell people to do this and tell them to do that, but like... People are tired. It's okay for them to be tired and to say they're tired. Let them be tired. Um, referencing another thing this week, I was at an event. Um, it was really, it was kind of a sassy event. I'm not gonna lie. There was some, some very true things being said, which I'm proud about. Um, but I don't think the community was ready to hear what this person said, and I'm not gonna go into detail, but. The event organizers, um, they let this person speak, and it it was it was great. It was honestly like what the community had gotten together and wanted to say as a whole. So, listening to that, that was amazing. And I mean, at this event, it was a room full of people, like a hundred or so people who who care about this community and want to build it up and want to do better. And so they showed up to this event to share those ideas and talk with other community members, leaders, anybody who's there on how we can orchestrate and organize, right? Um, but one of the things 
in organizing people that I've noticed from my experiences and again this is my experience everybody else's experience is completely different because they're not me um but I've realized that when you when you shame people into into mode like you're trying to motivate somebody but you do it in a shameful way of like don't be average go above and beyond you're better than this like if I how can you look at a group of people who you know are probably working 60 hours a week maybe you know just crazy amounts of extra community efforts added and then tell them to not be average and tell them to go home and and put their their minds to what they can do um I just I I think not only do we expect too much from ourselves but we have too many people in our circle in our society who are not connected to us but still have expectations of us. I feel it myself all the time. I feel like I have to constantly question, is this person my friend or are we just a business contact? Are you expecting work from me? Do you want me to be there when you're sad? Like I just, it's very hard to differentiate those boundaries and those kinds of, you know, relations when you get into be <laughs> a serial entrepreneur, I guess. Um, it is. It's a bit challenging, but one thing I I will always, always be mindful of in my businesses is the value and the value that people bring and me appreciating them coming and showing up every day to whatever project I have. Because you can pay people all you want all day long but look at our economy look at how there's a hiring sign for almost every store out there right now these people do not feel valued they do not feel purpose in what they're doing they feel like um if i'm gonna be broke busting ass then i'm just gonna do what i want while i while i'm broke you know and i I kind of, with COVID, I got to that point too. I mean, I was very fortunate in my COVID journey. I got laid off, I got unemployment, and then I created a business to help um, I, to help the egg market, um, you know, sell their products. And now I'm I'm not doing that one job anymore, and I'm I'm off on several different projects, and I'm I'm sending proposals for grants, and I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm writing copy and managing social media and I'm doing all this stuff. And it's just, I have to wonder if my skill set, if, if how I was, if my environment and how I was raised in this world was different, would I still have the drive to make these things, to better this community, to try to connect all these other things and see their value? Because if you are a person who's never had to wait in line to get a food giveaway, you're not going to... There's two groups of people. There's somebody who has had to wait in line for a food giveaway and somebody who feels like they're doing a great part by giving away expired food from their cabinet. And I've, I don't know if I've talked about this on my podcast before, but I have talked about this before where... When you are going to give something to charity, you are going to donate something, it should not be your used, down, worn out, nasty, old, unwanted item. Okay? It should be 
these people don't have anything. Like, you know, they go to these resources because they are limited. So what you could do as a person, if you have the means to, if you have the extra, which, you know, some people don't, and that's completely fine. If you don't have extra and you have extra time, donate your time, share resources, go to events, just just plug other things you know in the community. Um, but these people who are gaining this stuff, I was that kid. I Like, I was that kid who waited in the food line, who went to the free backpack giveaways before school, who got the anonymous gifts in their locker at, at Christmas time. I was that kid. And being that kid sucks so much because these people don't even ask you if you want this stuff. Um, like, obviously, the food giveaway and the backpack stuff, like, my parent took me there. Um, but, like, the gift, the community gift, uh, they they just kind of anonymously, anonymously leave it in your locker and they give you a gift. And so it's like, kids understand that. Kids know that this is not how we normally operate as a society. And you're giving them not charity, but you're giving them something because you feel bad for them. And, of course, their kids, they may not say that. They may not come up and tell you that. But, like, I absolutely know people who look at me when I... Who have known me when I was a teenager and know me now. And they know the whole family history of my life. And I can see the eyes that they give me of, like, Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe you turned out this way. And it's, like, that's... That's fine. I get that. That's a compliment. But it's very hard for somebody to... To be sucked back into the history of that trauma um, when getting validation from somebody who may not be that close in their life. So, like, you want to help kids. You want to, you want to, you know. There are so many kids struggling. Um, I spent a year teaching in a rural county and the amount of education we've lost to COVID, there are kids who should have been started at second grade who are at a kindergarten level. There are kids who are in fourth grade and they read like second grade. You know, there's just, there are some kids who don't have the social interaction um, because they stayed at home so much. There are some kids who, they just, they are also having a really hard time. They're also going through a pandemic. They're not little machines that can just chug along with everything and all the expectations we throw at them. Um, And I think it's really important to talk about that. As a kid, I was expected to do, oh my God, so many things. I was expected to be, you know, my mother's therapist. I was expected to be her validation, (laughs) like her her financial planner like I just there was so much responsibility put on me at such a young age that I I finally realized if you work for yourself and you get yourself dedicated and you try to build up something you will eventually get it especially if you chip away day after day after day if you sit around and you say poor me why is the world attacking me I can't get this right nobody wants to help me everybody hates me everybody's working against me nobody's gonna help you with that mentality because I guarantee you there have been several people who have showed up to help you and you just said nobody's gonna help me and you're already not acknowledging the value they're giving you so when it comes to resources in the community and all of this stuff there are people who take advantage of the systems there are people who do not need 
the free ride shares. We have a free ride share program here in town. If you call 211 and you need a ride for a job or transportation, childcare, anybody can get up to six free rides. They ask that you call an hour in advance or a, a day in advance so they can schedule it. But if you need transportation, they will help you. And I, I know that people will abuse that system. People who have like their own cars <laughs> abuse that system. And so it's just, it's like the wealthy taking out all these PPP loans when they don't need them during COVID and then telling student loans, here's $10,000, which is going to help no one. I mean, okay, yes, $10,000 may help somebody with a small loan, but say somebody has $200,000 in student loan debt, you take away $10,000, that's just all the money they have contributed the past six years. It's not chipping away at anything due to high interest rates. And it's it's very annoying that nobody in the government is doing anything about it. They they like to give the illusion that they are. And of course, every time at election, they want to say that they're they're rolling out this new thing. So, of course, midterms are coming up, hence the $10,000 in student loan relief. Um, our, <laughs> our country could wipe it all away. Just like that. Just deleting the numbers. Like, they're nothing. But you know what? People are currently killing themselves trying to pay to live to eat to to sleep most to breathe now because of covid like you there are everlasting effects to that so it's like if you don't have empathy for your community if you can't see people's struggles and how hard of a time it is right now and you still expect and push them for more how do you expect them to show up for you because all you're doing is shaming them into feeling like they're not giving enough when they're already maxed out as somebody who lived my whole entire life like that, three jobs in high school, putting myself through college, working nonstop, I I didn't cope well. I was an alcoholic. I was drunk all the time, but I was high functioning, so nobody said anything. And nobody, like, nobody is going to stop and pull you out of that water. Nobody is going to tell you, hey, don't do that. And Maybe if you are fortunate enough, you will have those people and those support systems in your life. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you do, please do not take them for granted. Do not take them for granted. I <laughs> I look and see parents taking care of their kids. And I get so envious. Um, the other night I was babysitting my friend's kids and Dame and I were reading them a bedtime story. And... I want you guys to know that never in my life has anybody ever read to me a bedtime story. Like, that was not a concept that happened when I was, a like, a child. I also didn't... Yeah, whatever. But I'm just saying that there's so many people of every age falling through the cracks within our community, and we can be better. And you don't need to have the most money. You don't need... To have the highest education. You just need to show up. Show up to these community events. Because there's so much great work being done in our community. There's um, the urban ag development. Which is a... a oh, I'm very excited about it. Um, it's a new program working to connect food resources for communities. And um, so basically... Sharing education, sharing opportunities, um, having a, maybe a community space where people can go and garden and 
you know, there's already a garden in town called Iron Fox Farms where kids literally made their, like, they planted all of their own stuff during school, and now they get to go and walk down the street to their garden, and they get to harvest when it's ready, and they weed, and they take care of it all, and they're learning those valuable skills, so it's, it's, it can be so disheartening, and you can feel so down about so many things of, like, it will never get better, it will never get better, but if you constantly tell yourself that, it won't get better, so tell yourself, this is just temporary. You won't feel like this forever. I stole that from Damon. Damon has helped me a lot. Um, in my depression, like, I'm I'm very open about it. I'm not a perfect person. And even if social media makes my life seem like I'm a perfect person, there is a lot of struggle and a lot of grief I don't talk about. But because of that suffering, because of that grief, I've turned my life into something so beautiful that I know no matter what happens after me, I've broken those cycles. I've found my value. And in my value, I've elevated myself in every single opportunity that I've gotten because I do not let people disrespect me. I do not let people make me feel less than what I am because I'm valuable. I went through hell to make me... (laughs) And nobody is going to make me feel that way again. So I want to thank you all for listening to my weekly digest of life. And I hope you feel inspired to just be. Just be. Because once you're fully at peace and at calm, you'll figure out what the next step is you need. But just give your time, yourself the time to rest. It's been a really hard year. (laughs) Just take a deep breath and rest. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Bathtub Monologues with Christine Reiner out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We always want to hear from our audience. If you have any comments, questions, feedback, please leave us a message here on Anchor or Spotify in the comment section. You can always find me on social media at Christine's Artwork on Facebook or Instagram or at ChristineReiner.com. Thanks for your time and thanks for listening.